0: Great is Thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. Can you say that? Yes. Let's uh, let's pray before we dive into uh, God's word this morning. Father, thank you that Your mercies are new every morning. That You are one hundred percent faithful. Not one word that you have spoken will fall to the ground. You will accomplish everything that you purpose. You will be faithful to your own word. For your own character is on the line. So you invite us boldly to come and ask you to be faithful to your word. So we come this morning simply asking that you would give good gifts to your children, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit, that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive the good gifts that you have for us today. Be at work in us, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, it's New Year's Eve. Tomorrow begins a new year and the turning of the calendar provides opportunity, opportunity for introspection, opportunity for resolution. What was good about the past, the passing year? What would I like to be different moving forward? What can, what changes can I make for a better year ahead? I can't control most of my circumstances, but I do have something to do with my response over and to those circumstances. My attitude. I can't control many things around me that happen to me, but I can determine to make some things happen. I can determine to do things. When I aim for nothing, I hit it every time. What are you resolved to do, to be? Let me commend to you that you make this the great aim of your life. Every day, to get your soul happy in God. Pursue your soul's satisfaction in God. Psalm 34 says, Oh, taste and see that Yahweh is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Psalm 90 verse 14 says, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast Love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Satisfy us. That's a prayer. A hungry soul coming to the Lord. Satisfy us. And a side note, doesn't say me. It says us. Because we're a body of believers. There's a, there's a a piece of this that is together. We together are seeking the Lord. That's one of the reasons we meet together. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Isaiah 55, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend your money for what, that which is not bread? Your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen diligently to me, eat what is Good, delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to Me. Hear that your soul may live. Seek Yahweh while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Seek your soul's satisfaction, not in the empty things the world has to offer, but in God. How? Taste and see that Yahweh is good. How? Get to know Him. How? Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. Listen. How? How? The only sure way to get to know God is through His Word. So I want to look this morning at Psalm 19 and then we're going to jump to a servant of the Lord that was used mightily that has his recommendation, his own experience to share with us. So starting in Psalm 19 verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his Day to day pours out speech. Night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them He has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them. And there is nothing hidden from its heat. The heavens, the sky, day, night, the sun, all together declaring the glory of God. How many of you saw the sunset last night? Every day different, new, beautiful. Altogether, creation proclaims his handiwork, that he is an excellent craftsman. Everything he does is amazing. It reveals knowledge. All creation proclaims the glory of its creator. Creation is glorious and it is made to bring glory to the one who created it. All creation that is except us. Because we are in rebellion against our Creator. We selfishly put our own selves at the center of His universe. We refuse even to thank Him for the good gifts He continues to shower down on us. Whose air are you breathing this morning? We refuse... Him the worship that is his due. And so Romans 1 tells us the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is, is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. In the things that have been made, so they, we are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. God's eternal power, God's divine nature on display through creation. But we refuse to honor Him. We refuse to give Him thanks. We take His good gifts and we turn our back on the giver. The silent speech of creation condemns it leaves us without excuse because we suppress the truth. It shouts so loudly. But Psalm nineteen in verse seven turns to God's self-revelation, to His from creation to His Word. Psalm nineteen, verse seven: The law of Yahweh is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of Yahweh is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of Yahweh are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of Yahweh is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of Yahweh is clean, Enduring forever. The rules of Yahweh are true. Righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey. And drippings from the honeycomb. The law... Torah, God's instruction where he tells us about himself, the story of his interaction with people. God's testimony. We think of law as well, Leviticus, like all these detailed instructions. That's part of it, but this bigger Genesis, just started reading in Genesis is the story of creation, the story of rebellion, the story of forgiveness. The story of hope, the story of men gone astray, and God continuing to be faithful. That's the law, Torah, instruction of the Lord. We can learn from their experience. God's testimony, His own witness, sworn witness to what is true, His precepts. Commandments, precise, clear, authoritative. His rules, judicial decisions. God's revelation of who He is and how we relate to Him evokes fear. If we don't have a healthy fear of God, we don't understand Him. There ought to be a holy terror. For sinners like me who begin to understand what God is like, what He requires of us, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. God communicates Himself to us in His Word and his communication is is perfect, it is whole, it is without flaw, it is sure, proven, trustworthy, reliable, it is morally right and just, it is pure, clean, untainted, it is clean, bright, innocent, holy, it is true, it is certain, it is stable, his word is a unified whole, righteous altogether. Let me ask you this does your shriveled soul need to be revived today? Does your foolishness need His wisdom? Does your empty, aching heart need to experience true joy? Are you groping in the dark and your blind eyes need to be illumined? Do you, do you need something, anything that will last to the end? Do you long for something of infinite worth? Does your tongue long to savor sweetness again? This is what God's Word is and does says the lord's instruction is more to be desired than the greatest wealth do you desire it like that can you just not get enough how much is enough well just a little bit more do you feel that way about god's word his word is sweeter than the sweetest thing Is it sweet to you? Have you tasted his sweetness? God's revelation gives life, gives wisdom, gives joy, gives light. It lasts. But when the Lord revealed himself to Isaiah, high and lifted up upon his throne, his glory filling the whole earth, Isaiah responded, Woe is me! For I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King. Yahweh of hosts. There is nothing hidden from the heat of the sun. Nothing hidden from the eyes of the Lord. To whom we must give account. And, And that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Here's how the psalmist responds to God's revelation of Himself in His Word. Psalm 19, verse 11, Moreover, by them is Your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern His errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Yahweh, my rock and my Redeemer. He understands the fear of the Lord. He understands the the good instructions of the Lord that that He can never live up to. And yet He doesn't just blow it off, shrug and walk away, nor is He paralyzed by terror. He, He doesn't run away, rather He runs into the arms of His Redeemer. He embraces God's warnings. He acknowledges the great rewards for listening to the Lord. But he admits that he doesn't even fully know his own heart. He's easily led astray. So he asks for God. Would you wipe my slate clean? Would you declare me a guilty sinner innocent? Under the Old Testament, they had the sacrificial system there, where they would confess their sins over the head of an animal and that animal would be butchered and burnt on a, on an altar. A pleasing aroma to the Lord. And that would cover, until the next time, a picture, a pointer, to what Jesus would do for us on the cross. To wipe our slates fully clean. To declare guilty sinners innocent. That's the good news. He asks for the Lord to keep him from becoming enslaved to his sin. He asks for God's help to obey God's words. He asks that his words and his thoughts, his heart attitude in response to God's words would be pleasing to the Lord. He addresses Yahweh as his own rock, a place of refuge to his redeemer, the one who purchased him out of his slavery. In meditating on God's instruction, he has come to know a bit more of God's character. He has entered in. He has discovered that His mercies, not giving us the punishment we deserve, His mercies are new every morning. I started this morning by encouraging you to resolve to seek your soul's satisfaction in God. I didn't say, church, you should read your Bibles more. Although that, that may be a means to this end. I want to avoid reading our Bibles like Pharisees and missing Jesus. I want to read you something I think you'll find helpful from the experience of George Mueller of Bristol, best known for his care of orphans, his dependence on God fully in prayer. He's known as a man of prayer who would not tell anybody about the needs that the orphanage had as he's serving literally hundreds of children, he would take it to the Lord. Say, Lord, you know you can provide. Well-known story of, uh, getting to breakfast and, uh, one of the workers says, uh, we've got no food. Says, have the children sit down, the 300 children sit down. They pray to the Lord, thanking Him for breakfast. Knock at the door. The baker. Last night, the Lord impressed on my heart to bake a whole bunch of bread because you needed it. Here, bring it in. Pretty soon, another knock on the door. The milkman's cart broke down in the front of your orphanage and, well, the milk will spoil before we get the carriage fixed, so could you use it? This is George Mueller, the man of prayer, but this is what he writes. While staying in Nailsworth, it pleased the Lord to teach me a truth, irrespective of human instrumentality as far as I know, the benefit of which I have not lost, though now more than 40 years have since passed away. The point is this. I saw more clearly than ever that the first great and primary business to which I ought to attend every day... To have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord, how much I might glorify the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state and how my inner man might be nourished For I might seek to set the truth before the unconverted. I might seek to benefit believers. I might seek to behave myself as it becomes a child of God in this world. And yet, not being happy in the Lord, and not being nourished and strengthened in my inner man day by day, all this might not be attended to the right, attended to in a right spirit. Before this time, My practice had been, for at least for ten years previously, as a habitual thing to give myself to prayer. After having dressed in the morning, now I saw that the most important thing I had to do was give myself to the reading of the Word of God. And to meditation on it, that thus my heart may be comforted, encouraged, Warned, reproved, instructed, and that thus, whilst meditating, my heart might be brought into an experimental communion with the Lord. I began, therefore, to meditate on the New Testament from the beginning, early in the morning. The first thing I did after having asked in a few words the Lord's blessing upon His precious Word was to begin to meditate on the Word of God. Searching, as it were, into every verse to get blessings out of it. Not for the sake of the public ministry of the word. Not for the sake of preaching on what I had meditated upon, but for the sake of obtaining food for my own soul. The result I have found to be almost invariably this, that after a very few minutes, my soul has been led to confession or thanksgiving, or to intercession, or to supplication, so that though I did not, as it were, give myself to prayer, but to meditation, yet it turned almost immediately more or less into prayer. When thus I have been for a while making confession, or intercession, or supplication, or have given thanks, I go on to the next words, or verse, Turning all as I go on into prayer for myself or for others as the word may lead to it. But still continually keeping before me that food for my own soul is the object of my meditation. The result of this... That there is always a good deal of confession, thanksgiving, supplication, or intercession mingled with my meditation. and That my inner man almost invariably is even sensibly nourished and strengthened. And that by breakfast time, with rare exceptions, I am in a peaceful, if not happy, state of heart. Remember, this is a man who's got, how many, I mean, some of you have little kids running around, it gets hectic, whatever. He's got like 300 orphans that he's caring for, or more at times, I don't know. I'm in a peaceful, if not happy state of heart. Thus also the Lord is pleased to communicate unto me that which very soon after I have found to become... Food for other believers, though it was not for the sake of the public ministry of the word that I gave myself to meditation, but for the profit of my own inner man. He's very practical, very real. Listen to to what he says here. The difference between my former practice and my present one is this. Formerly, when I rose, I began to pray as soon as possible and generally spent all my time till breakfast in prayer. Or almost all the time. At all events, I almost invariably began with prayer. But what was the result? I often spent a quarter of an hour or even an hour on my knees before being conscious to myself of having derived comfort, encouragement, humbling of soul, etc. Often after having suffered much from wandering of mind of the first 10 minutes or a quarter of an hour or even half an hour. Anybody resonate with that? I'm going to pray. How about squirrel? (laughs) Wandering of mind, first ten minutes, quarter of an hour, half an hour, I only then begin really to pray. I scarcely ever suffer now in this way, for my heart being nourished by the truth, being brought into experimental fellowship with God, I speak to my Father and to my friend, vile though I am and unworthy of it, about the things that He has brought before me in His precious Word. As the outward man is not fit for work for any length of time, except we take food, and as this is one of the first things we do in the morning, so it should be with the inner man. We should take food for that as everyone must allow. Now, what is the food for the inner man? Not prayer, but the word of God. And here again, not the simple reading of the word of God so that it only passes through our minds just as water through a pipe. But considering what we read, pondering over it, applying it to our hearts. I dwell so particularly on this point because of the immense spiritual profit and refreshment I am conscious of having derived from it myself. And I affectionately and solemnly beseech, I beg you, all my fellow believers, to ponder this matter. By the blessing of God, I ascribe to this mode the help and strength which I have from God to pass in peace through deeper trials... In various ways than I had ever had before. And after having now above 40 years tried this way. I can most fully in the fear of God commend it. How different when the soul is refreshed. And made happy early in the morning. From what it is when without spiritual preparation. The service, the trials, the temptations of the day come upon one. So says George Mueller. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Psalm 63, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Do you thirst for the Lord? Seek to satisfy your soul in God. Seek the Lord in His Word. Let's pray. Father, thank You forgiving us yourself in your word that we can taste and see that you are good Lord give us the Self discipline to seek you, to seek to hear from you, to seek to know you through your word, to treasure your truth greater than any earthly treasure, to taste it as sweeter. Than the sweetest thing. You are better. So often we fill our mouths with the sawdust that the world serves up in pretty packaging. Leaves us full but empty inside. Give us the self-discipline. Give us the help of your spirit to carve out time and prioritize what most matters. Lord, may this not come across as guilt or shame, but an earnest desire for more of You. Thank You that we have forgiveness at the cross, that we are washed clean. And we can stand in Your presence accepted, loved. And You desire a relationship with us, You Jesus, you purchased that at the cross by your blood. Give us in our hearts an eagerness to meet with you, to enjoy you, to savor your sweetness. But what we ask is nothing more than supernatural. To open an ancient book and expect to meet with, have experiential communion with the creator of the universe. And yet that is exactly what you invite us to. So I pray we ask that this would be a reality for each of us. For us together as your people that we would enjoy your presence more work this in us we pray by your Holy Spirit for the glory and fame of Jesus we ask Amen I'm going to invite some of the men to come and prepare to serve us communion this is Communion, an intimate relationship with the Lord. This is entering in fellowship, communion with with God and with one another as believers. This is blood-bought relationship. While we were aliens, strangers, enemies, hostile to God, doing evil deeds, He sent His Son. Whom we spat in His face and crucified. He came to pursue relationship with us. He came to tear the veil apart. And open the way for us to access. The King of Kings. The throne of glory. We have access by grace through faith. It's a gift we we could never earn. We don't deserve. He paid for it. With his own blood and he tore the veil and he invites us, come. All who are thirsty, come. Come and find rest for your weary souls. So this morning, if your soul is weary, come to Jesus and find refreshment. Refreshment in the gospel. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you're depending on what he did for you on the cross, you're invited. To remember what he did with us, to reflect, to commune with him and with us as we take bread, reminder of his body broken, juice, reminder of his blood poured out for us on the cross that washes us clean and makes us new. Hold that in your hand, reflect on what he did for you. Once we've all been served, we'll take that as a body together. Lord, thank you. All we can say is thank you for the access we have to you by grace. We don't deserve to be in your presence. We don't deserve anything but your wrath. But you pour out your love, your kindness. You invite us in, and we want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for paying my price in full, for inviting me in. His body broken for you, take me. blood poured out for you. Drink and live.